Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press row. Joining us on the podcast somehow for the first time today is a man all of you will now know as the assistant coach of the Kentucky Men's Tennis Program, a program that captured its first SEC tournament title since 1992 this season. They also overcame a six-first set deficit in singles before earning a 4-3 victory over Northwestern to advance to the Sweet 16. Welcome on to our show, Kentucky assistant coach Matthew Gordon, Matt, it is a pleasure to finally have you. How are you doing today? Alex, thanks for having me. I've uh, I've finally made it. 
<laughs> well, I buried the lead that your most prominent claim to f- fame is, of course, the one week you spent coaching me at Saddlebrook. And we can get into that a little bit later. But obviously, for your team to be tested the way they were against Northwestern in that second round, no disrespect to Presbyterian, which I know is a fun first, uh, 4-0 first round match for you guys. But talk to me about the resilience, what you saw from your guys this past weekend. I mean, well, first of all, yeah, it was a uh, it was a, a tricky match, that's for sure. And yes, look, Presbyterian gave us a match. Don't get me wrong, they're a good program, and there's no easy no easy matches in a tournament, you know that. But yeah, it was very difficult against Northwestern. We we started well, and after getting the doubles point, I, I think we thought we would uh, go on from there. And, and credit to Northwestern, they came out, they came at us, they played great tennis for uh, at least an hour, like really, really good tennis, and we weren't at our best and. And we managed to to raise our level towards the end, and maybe they kind of let, let a couple of opportunities slip, and then we kind of kept, you know, took over from there. But it was yeah. a, it was a tough one, I'll tell you that. No, I can imagine. I always say it's way harder, and I mean, you'll speak to this better. How much harder is it to watch than play those matches? Well, I never really played at this level, <laughs> so I, I can't I can't give too much information there. Uh, look, it, it's tough to it's tough to watch. But at the same time, I've got, you know, we have so much trust in the boys that it's also fun, fun to be a part of it, no matter the situation. Mm-hmm. You played a 4-3 or 2 in your day. I don't believe that. You understand that pressure. <laughs> yeah, may not have been NCAA round 2 4-3s, but no, I mean, again, for your team and in particular to see Taha and Liam battling down the home stretch and, you know, again, in a year where there is so much talent across the board, for this Northwestern team to not still be alive any other season, for sure, I think we see that roster reach the Sweet 16. You know, how much of that win has to do with the confidence, the trust your team has built throughout the course of the season, even beyond the X's and O's? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at look at our record, we're in four, three matches. Uh, I think we're something like 10 and one or, or something along those lines. And I mean, that goes a long way. And when we get into the tight moments, we, we know we've been there several times before. And uh, obviously, we don't always want to be in that situation. And that's something we, we're working on as well. But when we're there, we know we've, we've got through it before and we back ourselves to get through it again. Yeah. 11 4 3 matches this season. I mean, you yeah. still have hair on your head. How? Not much. It's not to go. But um, <laughs> like I said, you, you got you got to enjoy these moments. You've got to enjoy being a part of the close matches. And yeah, credit to the boys. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been a heck of a year. And, you know, across the board, obviously, there have been a lot of guys who have contributed. I want to start with the freshmen and, you know, to get guys in Kusne in weeks and to ask them contribute with the volume that they've had to, even beyond the wins and losses. And for our listeners, Jaden, 15 and 8, uh, Kusne, I think 11 and 10 overall on the year. But, you know, to have those two guys and ask them to to be you know step into the lineup day in day out what have you seen from them throughout the course of this season what has allowed them to have this sort of success so soon i, I think just the the rest of the boys supporting them and then helping them helping them grow and we knew there's going to be ups and downs you know first year it's it's always difficult especially for Jaden who came in in, in january mm-hmm. which is even even tougher but um yeah, they've had their ups and downs, some some great matches, some some bad losses, and you know that they believe are bad losses. And I think it's again not too many highs, not too many lows, and just kind of stay in the course and just keep keep growing, keep building. And 
like I said, the the rest of the team have we've got a lot of experience and leadership there, and they've really really helped them through it. And, and the, the boys have done so well. They've done so well, especially down at the five and six spot, which is arguably two of the toughest spots in in the lineup. But yeah, very very proud of them. And again, it's great experience for the for the coming years too. What do you do with someone like Jaden who has those sorts of weapons? What's the focus right now in this stage of his development? Um. Yeah, good question. It's, he's got he's got so much ability there, and I think sometimes he just needs to be reminded of it, of just kind of how how good he is. And it doesn't have. Sometimes I feel you know we feel he tries to play too good. It doesn't have to be as good as he's trying to play it. And uh, and as the matches have gone on, he's kind of got a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, so that the level doesn't drop too low. And uh, obviously, we saw that at the SEC and. Uh, in the last match, he, he unbelievable that he couldn't kind of not play his best tennis, but then still raise it towards the end, and then by the end of it, playing playing well. And it's again, it's not not panicking when things aren't going going his way. And same with Shah, and just just trusting their their B game, their C game. Yeah, and for you guys, you know, you you bring up that SEC championship, three one, third sets on three courts. You guys are trailing three one. Excuse me, overall on the scoreboard. This is by the way a day after you had beaten a really good Tennessee team four three in the semifinals. What's going through in uh, your head in that moment? And again, to be able to bring home that first SEC title to the school since 1992, I can only imagine how much it means to you. But to get that for Cedric, who, of course, played at Kentucky, what does that mean for the program? I mean, yeah, it means a lot. And especially said he's put his, you know, his, his heart and soul into this program. And the last few years, he's done an unbelievable job kind of building it building it back up to where it used to be and and he deserved it he really deserved it and i think the boys did it just as much for him as they did for themselves and yeah i mean yeah it was a a big part of the program's history but also just a a confidence boost obviously losing the final of the sec last year losing the final of the ncaa's last year to actually get over the line and, and win a title it's uh and there's not many matches like that one against georgia you know i'm sure you know that it was uh one in one in a million type match and we just kept saying stick to it stick to it stay calm you know just it's the hardest point to win as the last point hardest game to win as the last game and you never know what could happen and and luckily we squeaked it out when you're down the fifth team match point what's going through your head like what how do you manage to keep that composure for the guys in that moment no, it's nothing. Nothing we do. There's yeah. nothing we do at all. I mean, we we feel just as just as nervous as they are, and mm. I guess you just got to um, trust it. And after you know, winning a few match points, uh, you know, saving a few match points, you start thinking, oh, maybe it's meant to be. You know, and the, mm. the belief kind of steeps in there. And and yeah, the boys, they're such a close family, close knit group that I mean, ultimately maybe that's what helps shine through. Yeah, I just like the idea of you being like, you know, what if Jin you serve and volley on this point? He's like, no, Pete, uh, Matt, that's crazy, and you're like, no, come on, like, just give it a go. Um, and, I think uh, I think Sted tell, Sted did tell him to go tea as hard as he could. And, <laughs> I like that. And and Jaden maybe tried to, but he went body with a little bit of a little bit of slide on it, and it, yeah. <laughs> it worked out great. No, so, it's, um, yeah. A great day for the Cats. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, again, you have a lot of experienced pieces on this team this year. And I know how long you've worked with Liam. 
what is you know what growth have you seen from this uh, from him this season a year where obviously 17 and six overall at the top spot I think 19 and six overall in the season he continues to sustain that level of success at the top of the college game how does he do it I mean I can't say enough good things about about Liam um, not just only his tennis ability but his leadership with with the rest of the team and the team run runs through Liam and I think what he's really you know, he, he chose to come back again uh, for, for this year. And I don't think for his standards, he was happy with his personal performance the year before. And he's really, really come in and tried to evolve his game, coming being more aggressive, coming forward more and becoming more of an all-round player. And just seeing him day after day working the way he does, it just translates through the rest of the boys, rest of the guys. And and it's it's contagious. The energy he brings every day in practice. I mean, you heard him mic'd up. I mean, that's that's literally what he is like every single day in, in practice. Mm-hmm. And to have that around you all the time, one, it's fun, and two, it just it builds up everybody else. What was the concern rating on that mic'd up day, one to ten? Because you're absolutely right. He, it was the right choice. He's the right guy to put the microphone on. I mean, I'm sure he kept it PG. I, I saw it. He did keep it PG. But what was the concern level for you? <laughs> no, no, no concern level. He's a smart boy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I guess the concern would be he comes to trash talk you, and you're like, not today. You're like, Liam. Oh yeah, no. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They cut. Yeah. A few, they cut a few things out. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one of the guys, and I talked to Lafay about this. We had him on the show not too long ago. But one of the guys who our appreciation for Cracked Rackets continues to grow and. Maybe the most underrated point in all of college tennis, not just this year, but over the course of two years now, has been Joshua Lapidot and, you know, the growth of the lefty. Another year where he's 22 and four overall in dual match play. And, you know, Alafio was joking that, yeah, like, we just know it's if, if it's crunch time, we can turn to Josh in that moment. What development have you seen from the lefty? And again, to sustain it now for a couple of years, how's he doing it? I think the biggest thing this year is is the serve. Um, he was obviously great last year. And again, I can't remember what his record was last year, but I think he only lost three or four matches as well. Um, but down at five is, is a big difference to playing in the top three. And um, the serve has really helps him just get a few more free points out there and then continuing on with everything he does. But what he's really done well this year is his routines like before practice he's there warming up 20 minutes before everyone else sometimes he's a little bit late and he'll be the first to acknowledge that one um but it's for a good reason it's because he's finishing his warm-up and and unless that's all done he you know he's not going to step on the court but he takes care of himself and he takes care of all the uh the little things that people don't see and that's what shows on the court with his level of play and his his matches Yeah, there's definitely a professionalism to your group this year, and I'm sure part of that comes off of last season reaching an NCAA final, the confidence that builds that, okay, our routines work, we have to stick with them. What's it like working in someone like Alafia, who is new to Kentucky, but of course, a guy who had so much success at Cornell, I think he's the highest ranked, uh, highest pro ranked college player right now. What's it like working someone like that in? Well, we were so excited to bring Alafia in and it, it wasn't easy. Obviously, he had a lot of good schools after him. Um, and he, he, he could have turned pro if he wanted to. I mean, he, he has the level there. And just having that top 400 ATP guy around, just it, it brings up the level of well, tennis and professionalism as well. And I mean, he, he'll be the first to admit it was difficult adjusting from Cornell to Kentucky. And Kentucky's a very team-oriented 
kind of place. And uh, it's when you have individual, you know, he did so well individually at Cornell um, to come in and, and adjust and be kind of really buy into our values and, and standards. And, and he's done that unbelievably. And before he wasn't with us much because he played so much pro. So it kind of started happening in the spring and now he's getting better and better as it goes on. And he's being a real leader on the team and really helping us out. Yeah, he said you guys have convinced him to you, he and his teammates uh, to play a little bit more from the baseline, grind a little longer. Everyone will enjoy hitting with him as such. He was very funny about it. <laughs> I, the, the question I have to ask before we move on from him, what do you think of the haircut? Well, I was going to say, that shows uh, enough, right? He, he actually cut his hair because <laughs> the guys told him to. So if that's not trust, I don't know what is. And I, I, I think it suits him. I really yeah. do. I think he's got to get it trimmed up before he... Um, before this weekend, just to clean it up, but I, I think it looks great. I agree with you. I thought it was a good look. I was like a lafia. I, I, it was just so unexpected. And he goes, "Yeah, man, thanks for noticing." I was like, "How is I not gonna notice?" I was like, "Has anyone <laughs> not noticed?" Um, it's quite a big change, yeah. Yeah, to say the least. And again, it's been a great addition. And you know, you talk about his relationship with the guys and. I'm sure you learned this last year, and it's something I learned more and more every season. I'm in college tennis, particularly with the field as talented as it is, that when all else is equal, it does take that trust in one another two all or three one down on the scoreboard and it's third sets everywhere. You got to trust your guys that we're all going to get through that way. You know, no one's quitting on any court. I'm curious, what are the things you and Cedric do or what are the things this team does off the court, you know, to to ensure that that factor is taken care of, that the culture is there? You know, what's the go-to off-court competition for this team? Well, these guys at the moment love um, tennis soccer. That's what they're going <laughs> for at the moment. But but anything they do is a, uh, is a whether it's they go out and play golf, it's, it's, it's always competitive. And we're lucky that we don't have to do too many team activities they they are just around each other all the time anyway so they just enjoy each other's company and for whatever reason they they're not sick of each other yet and um i think that translates onto the court and i think the the beauty of college college tennis is the fact that you can make it a team sport and it really does take away from the individual part and they just do an unbelievable job at that i'd love to say me and said do something special to uh to change it but it's it's all there and we've got a great group of guys who have very similar characters goals and aspirations and they all just work together with them 18 holes coaching staff included who's shooting the best score jonathan sorbo really <laughs> uh, unbelievable golfer unbelievable yeah. uh liam's good alex leblanc's good christoph's good jj's good Actually, uh, we've got quite a few good golfers on the on the team. Yeah, where are you in that ranking list? I'm near the bottom. <laughs> you know, and they say it, it, tennis players can translate to golf. I, yeah. I haven't quite got that bit down yet, but I enjoy it. Yeah, you and me both. We're too tall. That's the issue. It's just it, yeah, it we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm looking for excuses. Well, you know, for your group, obviously, again, you guys get the opportunity to host another match this weekend. You guys are going to take on Stanford, yeah. who, of course, knocked out Columbia in the round of 32. What are your thoughts on that matchup? What's it going to take to the guy- for the guys to advance to another round? I mean, we're going to have to play very, very well. Stanford are, I think, one of the best teams in, in the country and are capable of winning everything. Um I know they've had a few ups and downs with their matches, but they haven't had a full lineup pretty much the whole year. Uh, I think you you preceded them, was it top five, top 10 as well? So you, I think you know it was the something level like that, yeah. Yeah, you know the level of tennis that they, they have, and they're very well coached by, with Paul. And 
I mean, it's going to be a really, really tough match and we're going to have to play better than we did last weekend. And you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll do that. Was there at all last weekend any – I'm just uh, – the reason I'm going to ask the question is two weeks off between the SEC tournament and the start of NCAAs, how difficult is it to keep the juice flowing during those two weeks? Because I'm sure, on the one hand, you want to keep the rhythm post-SECs. On the other hand, guys have played four and a half months of tennis, and I'm sure you wanted to get them some rest. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to make excuses, but it did have an effect. You know, we the, the boys – quite rightly were, were on a high for three, four days. And, and then actually last week was our exam week. So not only are we kind of getting back to going again on the training part of it, but then they've got exams throughout. So we didn't get a full week of proper week of practice and they've got other things going on in their mind. And it's just, it's not easy, but like I said, it's the same for every school is it's no excuse, but we, there's no school now. So we've managed to get out there two a days and, and have a really good week of practice. And hopefully that will translate onto, onto the court. Yeah, and you know, in that spirit, to have just the one match this weekend to be able to host it at home, what do you think about this super regional format versus the old school sixteen teams at the final site? Well, assuming as we're at home, I I quite like it. <laughs> um, I I'm indifferent with it. So I haven't actually thought about it too much. Uh, I'll be completely honest. Um, Having 16 teams at one site, I do think is, is good. It would be fun. Um, but I also think having eight teams is, is good as well. So probably not the right person to ask in for, for this question. You're but always I'll, the right I'll, person. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll say I like it, seeing as we're hosting. All right, yeah, it works. For, I mean, it's got to be nice to get another home match and have the guys at home, no doubt about that. Yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes, and then I'll ask you again what you think. <laughs> well, again, yeah. yeah, well, with all that in mind, just last few questions for you. Um, I know how focused you are on everything happening at Kentucky, but it's obviously been a very exciting year in the college tennis world across the board. I'm curious, outside of your group, is there a team or coach player storyline from this season that has particularly impressed you? Oof, good question. Um, I think Pete Cobell and Nebraska has done fantastically. Mm-hmm. I think I, they were unlucky not to to make that tournament. I think they've they've done great. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you what's really impressed me, and if we get through, we'll um we'll have to play them again. Um, Virginia to back up what they did last year to to come out and do exactly what they're doing now and go on the same winning streak. I, I think is phenomenal and a credit to the coaching staff there. Um. But yeah, I just think a lot of a lot of teams are doing doing good things. There's so many tough teams out there, and um, yeah, nothing really stands out to me. But that, that's what the two things that jump out. Yeah, well, in that spirit, 16 teams remaining, super regions this weekend, uh, super regionals. Excuse me. You think there's a favorite right now to capture the men's title? Ooh, I think anyone can be anyone on the day. That's a good thing, right, for the sport. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously some, some very, very good teams out there and I know everyone has their favorites, but I think on any given day, a neutral site, uh, you've got a lot of good tennis players on the court and um, I think it comes down to, I think it's a 50, 50 match every time. Yeah, no, it's going to be a really fun final week. Well then my last question for you and obviously again, you were around it all season long for a couple of years and, you know, you got to see it throughout the end on the run to the NCAA final. For me, it was the match against Adam Walton where I was watching. I was just like, oh, my God, is this guy unbelievable? 
when did you realize Gab was going to have this top 300 run and start to have all this challenger success that he has? And, you know, again, what do you, what do you think the next few years look like for him? Um, when did I realize, I mean, we've always knew it was there because he showed glimpses where he would just destroy people when he played and played at a level that you just couldn't actually comprehend. Um, he won his first title in, in East Lansing, and I think that got him going. And I didn't think he would win a challenger because he never actually won a round or actually a set in a challenger. Um, and then he went and won that challenger, and he beat three very, I think, top 200 players back to back. And it's at that point you knew, okay, he's starting to believe. And it wasn't a case of if it was going to happen, it was when it was going to happen. And after winning that title, confidence grew. And um, after that, it was, it was, nothing but but great things for him and uh what do i expect from him i expect a uh top 50 player i expect him going deep in some slams and i really do think the uh anything can happen for him in this sport he's great player great guy and i'm really excited to see him see him in the next few years yeah or a residual check or two from him in the end you know when he does hit it big you're just like yeah i pre you know again the check in the mail i appreciate it for the for the early years um but no he he is it was funny i I saw him i saw him in cleveland and i go you know i was saying what's up and he kind of looks and on that day he goes hey do you see we beat virginia talking about you guys on the day you beat him four three and it's like that's the first thing he had to say to me i was like yes of course i saw it and there's a little smile on his face and you know again all the success you guys have had over the last few seasons. I know how much Cedric has meant to that success. I know how much you've meant to that success as well. And, you know, again, having, I think I've known you now for like a decade, which I don't really like. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cause what, when, what was your first year at, at Saddlebrook? 13, 12? 2000. Yeah. 13. Yeah. Cause that's, that's when I was there and it's, it's been a decade now, my dear friend. Um, (laughs) This is the first time we got to do this on the show. I appreciate you taking the time, obviously looking forward to watching you and your team compete, not just this weekend, but given what you've got, this is not jinxing it to say, I'm looking forward to seeing you and the guys down in Orlando, if nothing else than for individuals. So uh, good luck to you and the cats and always a pleasure getting the chance to chat. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate you having me on, and, and thanks for everything you guys do. Yep, of course. Take care. Bye. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy. 
college tennis fans, we have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season. Of course, a shout out here at Cracked Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Turna for their support. Turn it tough. Best grip in the business. You can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.